Luck's got nothing to do with it, Chris. We're back with another episode. Here we are. I'm Andrew. He's Chris. Chris, Bam. what's your name? Oh, sorry. I was just really hyped. That was like such a pro entrance, man. Like, <laughs> Luck's got nothing to do with it, guys. We are back. Like, dude, you're, you're getting pretty good at this podcast thing, man. And Well, you know, with almost... Almost uh, three quarters to a hundred of episodes in our in our back catalog. I feel like I should be getting kind of good at it by now. True. What a pro, man! Not we're even like, having. We're like almost. We're almost at the Joe Rogan numbers, I think, with episodes. You know. <laughs> That's true, and and you know it's kind of crazy considering. And, and I, guys, I'm Chris, by the way, but most of you probably already knew that or know me as the guy who constantly cuts Andrew off. Take your pick. Either one works for me. I'm working on one of them. The other, I cannot fix. You guess which one that is. We are excited to be back today. We have had a lot of different people from, honestly, all different parts of the world bless and join yeah. our podcast recently. And Pretty so this sick. next guest, it's confusing because, you know, we've been looking all over, yet have we failed to see the gem that's right in front of us in our own hometown? I, I mean, what's wrong I know. with we us, start. Man? It's kind of like we start... I mean, it's like we started that way, you know, when you start a show and you just need to get a couple episodes out, you ask your friends to come in and then all of a sudden you start reaching out, you get like, quote unquote, bigger guests that you don't know personally. And then it's like, wow, all of a sudden, and then you kind of just like, it's kind of like he's hiding in plain sight. And then you're just looking around him and you're looking past him and you're like, holy crap, this dude's like 10 minutes away. Yeah, true. And and thank God we finally get a chance to talk with him. I mean, I feel like there's always a, like a perfect time when it work, works out and, uh, Dude, he's been crushing it lately, man. Like, he he has been crushing it for a while, but, like, I don't know. I'm a fan of his, and it just kind of seems like each song he puts out gets bigger and better. Uh, you guys will know yeah. him from the famous viral sensation, Hello from the Dark Side, but to be honest with you, I know him as just one of the most creative and talented people I've ever met. So, uh, and, and kind, by the way, too. Really, really great guy. So we're excited to introduce you guys for the first time here on Talking with Andrew and Chris, Roy of Royish Good Looks. What's going on, man? Woo! Man, thank you. Wow. That's incredible introduction. I am honored to be here, and hopefully I don't uh, whiff at my uh, at-bat today <laughs> after you've pumped no, me up so no. much. No, For all you YouTube viewers out there, you can see that he does live up to the name. He's quite a handsome fellow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Roy, man... It, we, you know, I had you on my other podcast and we nerded out about some Star Wars, but we didn't kind of nerd out about your relationship with Star Wars and you and all things in general. So clearly I know you. You've recorded two of, honestly, the most precious records I have in, in the catalog that I've sort of built up over the years of, of varying bands. And, and that's something I'll always be thankful for because I don't think that without your audio engineering skills, they would have come out the way they did. But people don't, just because me and Andrew know you, people don't know you. So why don't you sort of take <laughs> us back to the beginning of your love for music, what first got you interested and set you down the path that you're you're now on, and, and take us all the way back, you know, like spare <laughs> no expense, man. All right. Well, I'll try. That's a, that's a big ask, but we'll, let's see. It really, everything with music to me kind of comes back to Star Wars, as cliche as that is to be like, you write songs about Star Wars, but... 1997 was like the special edition era of Star Wars. Tons of awesome like 90s video games coming out. There, it was like a lot like today with Star Wars in like the mid 90s where there was like a plethora of stuff to consume. And right. And then you could just go to Burger King and get one of the collectible cups. For sure. 
Dude, I mean, it was... It, it was, was a good time. <laughs> it's crazy how similar it really is to today. Star Wars was just as much everywhere as it is now. There just wasn't, yeah. like, a new series yet. It was right before the prequels, right? And I would right been when like, they figured out how to make the best toys. They did. I And I had every <laughs> single one of them. <laughs> but, yeah, so I would have been, like, seven, eight, nine when the special editions came out. And, like, the music in Star Wars, huge impact on me. Like, that is what transports me to the galaxy far, far away. And I started piano lessons in like second grade. And I learned every song from, from the soundtrack. That was like my like intro piano book. And I just fell in love with, with music through star Wars and also through like ska punk and pop punk of that same era. There Uh, it is. And it's just a slippery slope after that of like, once you get into kind of like a DIY music scene and bands. You're like, oh, I want to play in a band. Like I see these bands on stage. That's so cool. I want to do that. So you start a garage band. I was in several through middle school, high school. And eventually you start writing songs. You want to record those songs. So I started to get into audio at, I don't know, early 2000s when garage band was kind of popping off. That was like my foray into like official recording. Yeah, dude, I remember the first time I saw GarageBand, I was like, I was like, wait a minute, you could just like make a whole song in here. It's got the guitars, it's got the pianos, it's got everything just on your freaking computer. Yeah, and well, like they wanted to sell it with like the loops being the big thing. Like even if you were right. a musician, you could just kind of like dabble, which was awesome. And especially if you were a musician, that's like I play guitar, but I don't play drums. Like then you could just drop the drum loop in and like overdub on top of that. And I was all about that because you could just be in your bunker and you're a one man band. I I played in bands as well. But like crafting a song in the computer was like my jam. That was so awesome. And then you could take that song to your band and be like, I already wrote the whole thing. Check it out. These are your parts. You got to learn this fill that I programmed or whatever. And that was like my entire high school career was like I would go home and I would write a song every day and record it. I have every demo that I've ever made. I would share with my friends. I just, I loved making songs and making music. And a lot of them weren't like full songs. I never released music as like an independent person in high school. It was always with like bands. I was never really the primary songwriter in bands to begin with, but I always was working on something. And I don't know if we fast forward a little bit to today, Like now I'm finally releasing music as an individual, but Chris, I mean, I know you can speak to this where you're like, you, you kind of lean on bandmates when you're in that sort of scenario, like whether it is somebody in the band writes the music and you're kind of like the backup player or vice versa, or you're playing on stage. Like it's the most uh, nerve wracking thing to play a show in front of people and I've never actually played a solo show. It would scare the crap out of me. I, I never even like giving like a speech in high school to like a, your classmates, you know, people that you like see every day. You're like, I got to give you my book report. <laughs> but you go up on stage with a band and it's like, all right, we're like brothers in arms. There's a lot of comfort and security of making music with others. But like I said, I'd always been doing stuff on my own. And this Royish Good Looks YouTube channel putting out these Star Wars songs is the only like solo stuff I've done. And in that, it's scary as hell, but it's also really freeing to just be able to do. It's what I would what I did when I was a kid. You know, 
after school, not doing my homework. I'm doing that now, sharing it on my YouTube channel and people dig it. And it's the most like, uh, satisfyingly, uh, I would love for everyone in the world to feel that same kind of freedom to just put what you like to do, your art, whether you're an, uh, you draw or you write poetry or whatever it is that you do, putting that out there and not worrying about like how silly it is. Like you wrote a song about baby Yoda and it's probably the goofiest thing ever, but sure. someone's going to enjoy slaps, that. By and, the if, way. and if you enjoy right. it and now you have two. <laughs> I do. I do. And now I get comments on the first one that it's like, its name is Grogu. And I'm like, I, we did that. I got the Grogu song, man. So Roy, so, you, you, you raise a really, you raise a few different points and there's a lot to unpack there. And I guess like one of the main things that I've been the most excited about having you on for is I get to get to know you better as, as both a fan and a friend. And I just kind of want to lead with this, you know, you talk about the whole playing the solo show thing, and that that definitely is something I experienced. Like in, in the interim um, with the Meridian album, which we recorded with you, you know, and then I also did my solo record with you afterwards before I started playing with Andrew in our old band, The Stash. Uh, you know, I was playing solo shows for a while, and people would talk over you, and people would. <laughs> you had a, yeah. you had to. I don't think I would have a podcast if it wasn't for the banter that I had to develop to keep people engaged. Just being up there with an acoustic song, playing Billy Joel songs during a ska show. You know, like All right, how's everybody doing <laughs> tonight? <laughs> yeah, it, that doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't cut it. That yeah. that definitely doesn't cut it. So, <laughs> what what I found most interesting about you is. You know, a lot of people sort of, they, they want to keep the tricks of the trade to themselves. And you were like super encouraging of me when I was like, hey man, like, you know, if, if I if I start to learn how to record myself and do all this, like, would I be able to come to you for advice? And and you were always just like, for sure. And, and to this day, you've like given me a tip here or there. You've helped me troubleshoot here or there. So, I mean, why don't you, why don't you sort of speak to how even though when you are solo as a collaborator, like it's still kind of right. It's still kind of as important as an engineer to have a network and, and have a connection, even though it is a little different. You're, you're now putting out songs by yourself. I'm, I'm sure you have a, a network that maybe a lot, cause we've never interviewed a full fledged audio engineer on the show before. So what's kind of like the networking of that lifestyle like? Sure. I totally skipped over like the pro audio side of the discussion. And it's like you said, there's a lot for my story. Like to get to this point, I spent, the last, you know, nine or 10 years as an audio guy, whether it was like live sound or studio engineering or just kind of random, like I've edited other people's podcasts before. Like I've done a lot of just audio engineering in general, but yeah, like th my initial goal was to be a rock star. Like when you're in high school and you're playing with your band, you think you're going to get signed, get a deal and you'll be famous, you know, like when you're a kid, that's like a really attainable goal for some reason that you're like, that's just what it's going to be. Right. To you're like, caveat. I just need that one person <laughs> to come to my show and they'll be like, you're amazing. Do you want to tour for the rest of your life? And I'll be like, absolutely. And it'll be easy. <laughs> and, and sorry, Roy, I don't mean to cut you off. But to that point, oh. if that does happen, you can mess it up pretty easily. Speaking right. from experience. <laughs> yeah. So Nothing in the music industry is forever. It's not well, the best age to get Except time, a mistake. But, you know, whatever. You were talking keep, about playing, like, the, the solo shows. Like, I, I definitely played shows, like, uh, late high school, early college, where, you know, if, like, 100 people came out, you were like, I'm the man, dude. This is great. And in a, <laughs> in a local scene that is, like, pretty significant, it's hard to get people to show up to a show. Like, it's a little easier to get likes on an Instagram post, but physically get people to show up. There's an accomplishment there, but... 
so I thought I wanted to be the rock star, but I always found more use really for my skills trying to help other people like achieve their dream. Because even though you want to be a rock star, like be, like you said, being in that limelight, it's hard to say, you know, welcome to my show. I'm the man and I'm going to all of a sudden be this charismatic character. And some of us have that in us, but not everybody does. That's like you want to be the Freddie Mercury or, you know, the Pete Wentz or, you know, insert any pop star there. That is an energy that that you can't just like say you're going to do. You have to like that has to exist, you know, and. I would write songs with like my buddies in high school for their girlfriends, like for Valentine's Day. You know, they'd be like pseudo musicians. Oh, wow. You're gonna have to explain that a little more. Well, so <laughs> we want names. <laughs> I, I would be like making my own songs, but everybody knew that that was a thing that I did. I would share my demos with friends, not like officially. And they would say, you know, I want to do a song like for my girlfriend or whatever, or just for fun or I did songs, people would write their parents' songs for, you know, holidays and whatnot, and I would help them with that. I would facilitate the recording because I was just the only person in my community that was the recording guy, and I also had this extreme love for just making the song. A lot of people write lyrics. This is something I've noticed a lot, like, people will write, like, poems, and then they're like, I want this to be a song, but they're not really a great songwriter. They don't understand melody or chords, or even just like having the poem, like it's not enough. You have to like fit different pieces together when you consider the musical side of things. And I was always really great at facilitating the musical side of things. I actually suck at lyrics, which is kind of why I'm good at writing Star Wars songs, I feel like, because I just take their lyrics and I fit it in to my musical you know, perspective. So I would write songs for my friends. And then into college, same thing, I'd record you know, buddies at college as well. And when I graduated, I wanted to be an engineer. I wanted to record and produce bands. That was my goal, not to be a rock star, to kind of enable other people's rock stardom. And I was still playing in bands, but you kind of become more realistic with your, you know, your perspective on life that I'm not going to tour, like, unless we have a, a one hit wonder somehow, like, how do you, how does a band blow up without working really freaking hard? And that was never me. I've, I've only done one tour in my entire life, and I was a sound guy on it. I wasn't even the band. So that's not my lifestyle. And, of course, you were one of the first bands that I recorded professionally with Meridian. And, side note, I've loved all the work that I've done with you. You are one of my favorite artists that I've ever worked with because we have this force connection, you know? That is very true. Chris has, can, Chris has told me about that. I can pass you the lightsaber anytime I want behind my back. You know, we have that... That power that nobody else has that exists now <laughs> in Star Wars. But I love that when it's like you can come in and you have a song, but you need it to reach the next level. And that's the like the problem with a lot of artists. Not necessarily the problem, but you wrote a song and you want to perform, but you're not a recording engineer. You're not a producer. Like That's why these separations of roles exist. Some people do everything. Like I guess I do everything for myself. But something kind of suffers if you try to do everything, which I can certainly attest to. I don't have everything figured out. I screw up a lot of stuff in my own career. But I love when somebody else comes in there to say, I have the skeleton of something and I want it to be epic. I want it to have this kind of, you know, 
emotion behind it and I can't bring it there, but maybe you can because you know how to mic stuff up and you know how to throw reverb on or whatever those stupid skills are. I loved playing that role for bands and I did that for a number of years. I do it less so now, but it kind of taught me, you know, I learned a lot from working with people like you where you would come into the studio and you would talk about lyrics and I would be like, I don't, I don't know what you can say in your song. I'm not you. This is your message. And I would help you with like a rhyming dictionary or something, or we'd like choose to say and instead of like or or something silly <laughs> yeah. that we're overthinking in the lyrics. But that was never like the big thing for me. Like that's your job as an artist that I have a different job to make the song sound larger than life sonically or arrangement wise. But I learned so much from working with other artists that now I've, I've kind of bridged that gap. And that's why I'm able to do it all on my own now, or at least feel confident mm-hmm. enough to do it on my own. For so sure. I, man. I hope that makes sense. I know I'm going on a tangent, but like going no, from no, engineer no. to artist is like this whole, whole thing. Yeah, totally. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, totally. I mean, it all made sense. First of all, that was, yeah, I intentionally asked great. a very open ended um, question because I, I know you know how to do this type of thing <laughs> and you gave us exactly what we wanted. So, <laughs> well, it's yeah. Well, going back slightly, it kind of, you kind of like found a uh like a uh oh my gosh what am i saying like um the a niche a the way th- kind of basically you in high school saying that like you're the only recording guy is like you found that that's the way to be successful is like find something that nobody wants to do but everybody needs done and like that's what somebody told me one time is like if you want to make money find out something that rich people want to do but won't do sure and then you could just do that so it's like you're the guy that records so everyone's like oh man I want to be a rock star I want to be a musician I want to do this I want to do that Ugh, we need to record songs I don't want to do that and then you're here like I can do that for you and then boom all of a sudden it's just what you do well in like and 2003 really cool. like people couldn't record themselves that really wasn't a thing like we were talking right. like 15 years ago, 16, 17, whatever it is. I I suck at math. That's why I'm a musician. But people (laughs) couldn't do it. So if you had a Mac and you had like GarageBand 1 or 2, like that was huge. Like otherwise to be in Pro Tools or something, that was a much more higher barrier to entry to even be a home recording person. Mm Mm-hmm. For sure. And, well, yeah. and it, Roy, it seems like you kind of like, you know, filled the, the like Andrew's saying, you filled a gap in the market and you kind of became the guy in our area to like to go to you know what i mean like there was only i'll tell a, you that i didn't i didn't go to the high school that chris went to and i'm assuming you went to but no um, i don't think i went to my high school yeah either way i wasn't don't from, assume I, just I transplanted to the hudson valley and i i spread well, like know, a virus there was well listen that school <laughs> that was so true. big i feel like i can assume anybody that i've met in this area went to that school because of how big that school was for no reason mm, true um Anyway, what I was going to say <laughs> is that this is the first time I'm like officially meeting Roy, but I've heard of and about Roy like for my entire life, just from everybody in this area. Like anyone that does music knows Roy. Oh, wow. I'm so rude. So podcast listeners, I assume they met. I didn't even do any introductions before we started this. That's totally on me. Sorry, guys. You guys are pros, though. No one would have known I've, if I've I didn't. I've seen plenty of episodes, so I already feel like like we have a kinship, right, right. so don't worry I about it. I definitely did. I did my research. I saw you tell me how to make that Meek Seeks uh, vocal remix video. So Excellent. You Dude. know, likewise. Well, you're blowing my mind because that's, that's not something you hear every day. Like, I don't consider myself... I'm not a celebrity by any means. Like, I'm just a bud that's like in the local scene, but that, that means a lot. Thank you for saying that, that people would say 
things about me and you heard things, on- whether good or bad. Only that's good crazy. things, too. That you're the man, that you rock. For sure. The best <laughs> audio engineer of all time. Andrew, let me well, uh, let it. me show you one of my favorite pictures of Roy that circulates on the internet. It reminds me of <laughs> a picture that maybe Steve Jobs or Bill Gates' mother have have of them somewhere, where he's just sort of like, "That's how long he's been doing this for." Okay, oh Yo, that's, that's GarageBand one or two right there. Yeah, Dude, look, look at, at that. that. Thi- look at how thick the bottom of that Mac is. Yeah, Dude, right? that Mac- isn't that something else? That had that had five five hundred and twelve megabytes of RAM on it. I went to Best Buy and I bought a, a gig stick and took the back of that off so I could load Garage GarageBand would freeze all the time if you had like a hundred vocal tracks, which is standard for a Roy song. Oh God, that's so funny. <laughs> Sorry, I love this picture. It's so embarrassing, but if you the longer you stare at that photo, the more you're like, What the hell is going on? There it's one of those, like, when you're in the bar, and it's like, pick the things that are out of place in this photo. Right, right. Oh and the God. longer you look, the more there Dude, is. So, I, so good. I absolutely love that picture. It's great, and it's it's such a... but It's, it's your Tom a, from MySpace picture. It, it is. It, exactly it really is. <laughs> and it's such a testament to everything you just said, you know, is, is immortalized in that photo. And you, you really embody sort of the love for, you know, uh, audio engineering over performing. But I do want to ask, like, was there sort of a moment where, you know, man, I'm giving up like being the rock star, I'm going to be the guy who's going to support the rock stars. And this is a little melancholical. This is a little, a little sad, even though I I am really excited for the future. Was there ever sort of some, you know, left feelings there that, that you maybe quite uh, might miss about the performing side of things? Or regrets, I guess is also what he's kind of looking for. Dude, especially having been in COVID-19 for a year, I haven't seen a show in, over a year, probably almost closer to like a year and a half now. I think my last show was November of 2019. Long time. And playing a show in general, last show I probably played was, might have been with you, Chris, <laughs> with Mayfair or something. I don't know. Really? Or, or, uh, Whoa. there might have been a Halloween show that was in the New Paltz area that I, I played with, uh, Fallout Roy. We did like a Fallout Boy oh, cover set. Yeah. That was so good, by the way. Oh my God! And wow, that might have I been wish it. I but either that. way, that was a couple years ago. And I lo- playing live. There's no. That's the best, man. Especially when there is a couple people in the crowd that are enjoying it, even if it's only like half a dozen people. There's something amazing about making music with people and blasting it hella loud, and you feel the bass pumping, and you are the conduit for that. You're not just like in the crowd enjoying it. You're like, like you said, you're the rock star, and I. I miss that. I can't wait to play another show. If somebody wants to do a Fallout Roy show or any other show where you want me backing up, I'm in. Uh, as soon as that's down kosher, that. obviously. We'll I'm keep, we'll keep you that. on the short list whenever we tour. <laughs> nice. But I, there's no, like, I don't feel like I missed out on anything or, like, regretted on anything. Like, you, you go on a path, and I try to teach this to my students as well. Like, you can't predict anything. You brought up Steve Jobs. I love Steve Jobs and huge inspiration. He's got the Stanford commencement speech. You can only connect the dots going backwards. You can't connect them going forward. So to be like, I'm not going to be a rock star. Like, I don't know, man. Like you you still could be at some point. I'm 31. Like it's young as fuck. Like there's going to be more stuff that I do. All of us are going to do more stuff. And everyone watching is going to do more stuff. My father is still doing more stuff in his 70s he's writing a book right now like you never stop 
you know, going to the next level. You know, you don't get 120 stars and now you beat, you know, Super Mario. That's just not the way life works. So I have no regrets. It's a progression of things. And you saw the picture, dude. I just love working on music. And if I'm working on music, I'm a happy dude. And I've done almost everything you could possibly imagine at some point or another through recording bands, writing, releasing my own songs, doing live sound, playing live, making karaoke tracks, like you name it, I've done it. If I'm making music, I'm a happy dude. And now I'm teaching. And that's like a whole other world of uh, gratification to pass on what you know, even though I still have more to learn myself. But whatever I do know, I I need to give it away to somebody else so they can now be as inspired as I was. I want to start people as soon as they can because you do have so much time. But if you start now, you never know what the hell is going to happen. And that's that's the key. Like, go, go and make something now. Post it because someone's going to see it in their feed right now. That's how it works when you post it. You don't have to, like, press the CD and then go find people in the mall, which, by the way, like, I'm from that era where you go to the mall with the headphones. Hey, will you listen to my band? That's a pain in the ass. You know what's easy? Posting a podcast. No offense. Oh, no. Amen, bro. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I would not be doing this if it wasn't easy. And and what's even easier (laughs) is is Linktree and and things like that. But that's a little too uh, techie for for this cast. Shout out, Anchor. But, Roy, I got to say, man, I just turned 27, and it's not that, like, at this point, I think everyone knows I'm a lifer. I, I've actually had a few people who have like messaged me from my past and been like, "Hey, man, so you're like you're you're you're, you're giving it all up, I guess, huh?" And I just kind of let them think that because at that point, like if it's like if they're gonna write me off, I don't need that energy. So when I come back with the project, then they'll be like, "Oh, I guess I was wrong." And why did he say that? It's because I'm in this to win this, hopefully, or at least have fun. And I think I've finally been able to sort of find the gap or or the line between managing the stress but also enjoying every second of the road that you're on and the journey. So I say all this because, you know, like to do what you're doing doesn't just happen overnight. You know, YouTube is a very arduous process. It's something that I'm sort of learning right now with both of my podcasts and and probably will do with my, me and Andrew's music and, and my own music. And, and so Take us through the journey of your your channel, Royish Good Looks, because I, I can't imagine it was all, you know, peaches and cream, as they say, or, or roses, smelling the roses, like all those types of expressions, you know, like, w- what's that sort of been like for you? Right. Sure. Right. 70, almost 78 million views doesn't, you know, pop up overnight. Some of them do, but not all of them. <laughs> Some of them do. Some of them do. <laughs> so, man, I, I really love that you shared that photo earlier, because that really... That is like the uh, like Trump card right there when you're like Don't. subscribe to our YouTube. <laughs> Where like you, I have been doing this for a while in some form or another, and that photo is me in probably high school, and that's not the coolest photo ever, dude. Like I was not the coolest person, the most popular person. I was liked among my friend group, but I wasn't like the jock, you know, like. People that were celebrated in my high school had like trucks and were on the football team. And I was playing in garage band like every day. And some people got that. And that's the hardest thing about being any kind of creative, not only just a musician, podcaster, artist, whatever you're making. Nobody is going to get it but you until other people start to get it. And 
You got to stop me if I go on too many tangents here or get too high on the soapbox. Nah, the show's called Talking Dude Talk. Having the, like, everyone knows what they love to do, and you're going to do it behind closed doors regardless. The, the tricky part is to continue doing it, even though people might find out what you're doing and then beat you down for it and tell you, like, podcasting, bro? Like, come on. That's like, everyone's got a podcast. You're not going to make it. You can't listen to that kind of stuff. And and that sucks, dude. I've been to so many like uh, parties or family events or whatever over the years where people have said, like, what are you up to? And I feel like I've got a couple of interesting talking points now that are reputable. But through the years of being like, I'm a self-employed audio engineer and trying to explain that to like your aunt or uncle at Thanksgiving and you only see them once a year or something, you know, and they don't understand that this is something you do every day and you're honing a craft or whatever it is. And my family is incredibly supportive. I'm not speaking in specific terms here, just kind of general, like that vibe when somebody doesn't understand what you're trying to do. You're like, I love doing this. I do it every day. And it could be working out, whatever it is. People are like, dude, all you do is go to the gym. Like, yeah, that's what makes me me, makes me happy. It's my thing. And when it comes to art and artists, they want to make a career out of it. And that's that's where it becomes painful when you're like, I'm trying to make money and it's hard to make money doing what you love. And everyone says you should get a real job or you know, you need to go to college or whatever it is. And I did go this to school. literally happened to me last night. Yeah, some some guy at my day job was just like basically like, yo, give up on your dreams because everyone's trying to do music. Like, how are you going to do it if everyone's doing it? You just got to like wrap trucks with vinyl. That'll be money. (laughs) You you have to suffer through it, unfortunately. Like you have to. Yeah, I'm not really one that's like, well, take that as fuel and prove them wrong, because like if you want to do it, you'll do it. You don't need someone to motivate you to do it. You know, like if you want to be a musician, you'll be a musician. You don't. It's nice to have validation from others but if it if it's meant to be it's gonna be you know but i don't know i yeah that's tough man i'm sorry to hear that 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 is still a thing that happens when dude everyone is a content creator nowadays but we value you know we see the metrics the likes and the retweets if you don't get those people assume you suck and you should give up which to one of your initial points earlier before i got on this left field tangent uh growing on youtube I had a channel in college called iTunes Steve Jobs. Again, big, I was an Apple fanboy. And I would make remixes of the Apple keynotes. I wanted to be like auto tune the news and Shmoyoho. Yes. I'm sure yes. we can all celebrate how amazing they are. <laughs> and True. they're like OG YouTube for me. That was like right. something that got me into actually wanting to put a video out on YouTube because they were just. One, they're musicians, super creative, and it was just fun. And those videos went viral, and you're like, the 21st century rock star, you know, I could go viral on YouTube. Right. I guess that's probably an interesting asterisk to put on this, is people don't want to be like a rock star. They just kind of want to be notable in whatever way that is. And being a Joe Rogan or uh, David Dobrik or whatever, that's kind of the new rock star. And... I had a channel, iTunes Steve Jobs. So I made a remix of they they were demoing the FaceTime app or whatever on, on the iPhone. Whenever the video calling first came out, 
and it wasn't working. And Steve Jobs was like, everyone turn off your Wi-Fi. That's why it's not working. And he got kind of like ticked off in typical Steve Jobs fashion. And that's like something that auto-tune the news would make fun of. They would be like, here's like a, a viral video and we're going to remix the viral video. I said, dude, I'm going to try this. I'm going to give this a shot. So I remixed that, that segment of uh, the Apple keynote. You can look it up. iTunes Steve Jobs. I think it's called the... I don't, I don't even know what the video is called, to be honest with you. It's one of my first YouTube videos ever, though. And I posted it, and I'm like, I'm going to go viral. I'm going to get a million hits. This is going to be great. And of course, the next day, you get like 10 views. So you're like, oh, crap. This, that's not what I wanted to happen. It was supposed <laughs> to go viral. Yeah. So, so I tabled it and went on. Typical college career, probably playing like Force Unleashed or Call of Duty at the time. I checked the video stats randomly. I don't know how much later, a couple weeks or a month or so. And the video was up to 5,000 views. And I was like, that's pretty freaking cool. Like last time I checked this, this wasn't doing anything. I assumed it would continue not to do anything, but now it's like people watched it. And iPhone 4 keynote been song. Maybe 2009, 2010. And that sounds about right. And I, I, I found the page by the way. Excellent. We should put it in the show notes. <laughs> we will, so, definitely. Yeah. So the that video took to like 5,000 views. I said, I should make another one since people clearly like that, right? And this is also something that's kind of sad. Like if you like doing it, you should just make it regardless of the views. But the views were like, okay, I'm making another one because clearly I could get more views and that would maybe snowball. I posted another one. I got a little bit better at remixing. That video performed a little better. I got a couple of subscribers. I posted a third one and it did. It literally did the snowball. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. And at the time you had to write YouTube and ask to be a partner. And this was again, one of like the, I'm going to get a record deal. Right. YouTube's going to make me a partner. I wrote them this big letter that was like, yo, I put out three videos. They're all doing better than the last. You got to make me a partner. I'm going to be like the next right. big thing. I really this thought. This would be stupid if you didn't. Yeah. I, I was, I was really proud of it. And I think the third video got to like 100,000 views. So that was like, that's a lot, dude. You're talking about local success at your show. You get like 20 people to come to your show. That's a good show, in my opinion. <laughs> it's, currently, it's currently at 143,000 views. Is that, which, is that the iPad? That's iPad 2 song. <laughs> that's a good one, man. That's out. a jam. The one, the one before it, original, original iPhone song, 98,000 views. And then the first one is iPhone 4 keynote song, 36,000 views. Yeah. So there you go. So my first YouTube video is only at 36,000 after, you know, 10 or so plus years. 10 years ago, it says. Yeah. But so I kept going and then I was like, all right. And now I'm not the guy that writes his buddy's songs in, in high school. I'm, I'm now iTunes Steve Jobs. I'm going to make Apple remixes. And I did that for a number of years, just on and off. And that was really fun. And I don't do it anymore, but I should. But also Steve Jobs kind of passed away and Apple's not nearly as like interesting in that like culture as it used to be. I still love Apple and rest in peace, Steve Jobs. Like I said, he's a huge inspiration to me. Kind of a big D-bag, but... The dude cared about making something great and marrying art and science, and it's a beautiful thing. For sure, so, man. Oh, go ahead, please. You can't, you can't put, you can't put all your personality points. You know, you, you got to put them into specific spots, like The Sims. He was just like genius, innovative. That's exactly. You can't what also it was. be <laughs> the nicest <laughs> guy on earth. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's pretty much exactly it. So I was, I stopped making those videos maybe like 2012, 2013-ish. And then I started posting to a channel called Royish Good Looks. And I used it to just post covers. And I think I only posted like two or three covers before I started doing Star Wars stuff. It was going to be my sandbox for like, I need to like practice recording and mixing because at the time that's when I was starting like recording bands full time. So I was also like doing research, research and development of how to actually, you know, be good at recording, started recording myself a lot more. I put out a couple covers and, uh, eventually hello, the song by Adele and star Wars was coming back in 2015. And I made a silly parody of star Wars and Hello by Adele smashed together and in a month it got a million views and I gained a ton of subscribers just like that a ton being maybe a couple thousand and it was the same thing as this iTunes Steve Jobs thing it was like people like that whoa and I didn't know how to follow up getting a million views because you're like what do that's a lot of pressure right. after that. I didn't actually <laughs> yeah. post another video es- to that Especially channel. when you're like 100,000 views is a lot. And now they're like, here's a million. Yeah, here's 10 times as much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that was an amazing experience being opened up to a whole new audience. And another really validating experience of like people saying, you know, get a real job. You're like, people like what I do. Why would I get a real job? Like, yeah, for real. If I'm great at, you know, like fighting cancer or fighting fires or like making vaccines, like whatever it is you're good at, go fucking do that. Why would I do anything else? And unfortunately not everybody gets this aha moment where they realize that other people value what they do too. That's the hardest part. But I had this video and it went hella viral and it was shocking, but it let me know that I was on the right path. And It was very confusing. I didn't know what to do next. I didn't post another video for like six months. And it wasn't another Star Wars video. It was another cover because I'm an idiot. But eventually (laughs) I started making more Star Wars videos and we started the snowball process again. And now I got over 100,000 subscribers, 70 something million views. And it's insane. (laughs) 77.9. 0.9, sure. Yes. And there's this, it exploded. But it only happened because you kept kind of chipping away at it. And along the lines, you got the reassurance that other people like what you're doing, which is nice to have to kind of keep the momentum going, you know? Right. It is kind of wild. I'm looking at, you know, the first uploads of your channel and it's like those first few covers have like, honestly, for someone who would just post covers, like those are like not terrible numbers to just get, you know, for posting these covers. And then you get the, the Star Wars video, which is just huge. And I want to ask, did you, did you like optimize that video at all? Like, did you put in, like, did you just do like Star Wars keywords and that was it? I didn't even have a thumbnail for it. The thumbnail is pretty much the same as it was the day I uploaded it. It's called Hello from the Dark Side, but it's just a picture of stormtroopers from like mad far away. It's the shittiest thumbnail ever. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so funny. And then, yeah, (laughs) then you have two more covers and then you have the next Star Wars song, which again has 648,000 views. It's just, it's so, so, it's crazy. So something that I got to know. And then it only gets bigger from there. Because, you know, you hear about the one hit wonders who cannot follow it up. 
and I assume there's a pressure there. A lot of them don't really do tell-alls about the subject because you have to assume that it's a bit of a, a toll uh, on their creativity. Uh, definitely has to be stressful. You know, you, you have a smash hit, and I mean, you, you, what do you do after that? But you found a way to overcome that. And like you said, there was some trouble spots afterwards. You were still trying to find the voice. Would it be the Star Wars channel? Would it be a series of different videos that you sort of made that are all about things you love? Like maybe there's like a Scott cover. I know you did an Andrew McMahon cover. You know, maybe it's like that type of thing. Or would it just be a one and done? I mean, that is a mountain to climb, man. So could you sort of talk us through that process? Because I, I stress about getting that hit, that smash that can do something like that. But then there's a whole nother level of stress that you got to get privy to because of this. And <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it wasn't easy. Plus, like, plus, like, just like what Chris is saying even more about that is, like, was there ever a point where you're like, I just, you know, obviously you love Star Wars, so that's pretty <laughs> lucky. But just like, a, well, I want to do covers and, like, I can do other stuff. I'm not just a guy that can write Star Wars songs. Like, is it, like... Was it was it easy to just be like, oh, everyone loves Star Wars. I'm just going to do what they want and just do Star Wars. Or was it like, a, all right, well, Star Wars is cool and I can do that. So, yeah, let's do that. Well, when you go viral, everybody tells you what you should do next. And a lot of people were like, that's true. Make a full <laughs> version of the song. Because, again, if you listen to Hello from the Dark Side, you want to talk about, like, did you optimize it? I didn't cover Adele's song. It starts with a chorus. I don't even do a verse. I just name a bunch of Star Wars characters. I wanted to ask you about that because you literally made ale and O rhyme like nine times. And I was like, this is the, this is the most insane thing I've ever seen. And I love like not lazy, but just like how like simple that that verse was. It's just Kylo. Po. It's so good. I was just making fun of the other Hello parodies at the time. That's what that was, because everybody was taking Hello and making a new word out of it. Like there was one that was like Shalom. And like, that's so funny. So I was just like Greedo, C-3PO, Han Solo. Like, it's too easy to. I know. I was it. like, how many? I was like, there's no way that there are this many Star Wars characters that their name ends in O. And like, there are. There right. really are. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> so I had the first chorus verse. That was not really a verse. It was just the naming people's names. Second chorus. And that was it. And for some reason, that's two minutes and 40 seconds. It's like a really long Chorus, verse, chorus is crazy. It's longer than any song that like I've ever written myself. So people said, make the, make a whole version of the song. And in my mind, I'm like, I didn't even do a version of the song, really. I just did the chorus. Right. I didn't like tell a story. There's nothing more to, t to say there. I thought about doing an acoustic version of it. I thought about singing the real song. And I did try to do some of these things, but they were like, not, judging them in comparison... It was like, there's no way I'm putting this up and having someone be like, it's not as good as the original that you posted or whatever, right. which still happens. People don't actually know what they want. Yeah. Well, they, they, they think they do. Oh, my goodness. Yes. They will tell you, though. <laughs> they will tell you what they think they want. And yep. if you're going to be an artist, then you ignore them. You take it into account. But if you do what they want you to do, that would have been dumb for me to be like, now I'm writing a song that you told me to write. That's homework. And I skipped all my homework so I could write yes. punk music. Yes. Hell yeah. So homework is stupid. <laughs> uh, so I didn't do anything because I didn't know what to do. And I, the video is like still going crazy viral because Star Wars is mad hot. Over the next month into February, it got up to five million views. And I'm like, there's still people watching it. They're still coming to my like store, you know, and they I'm only selling them one thing. 
So I was like, I should make a thank you video. I don't know. And, and I was too even nervous to do that. I did nothing. I was completely stunned. And I had other things going, recording bands and, you know, just normal life. It wasn't like I was trying to be YouTube full time. It was an accident. I didn't do anything for months. I posted those covers. What do you think happened? They got like 100 views. You know, nobody cared. Nobody wanted a cover. We want more Star Wars. People were very <laughs> kind. People that found that song and liked my voice were like, your voice is good. I like you singing anything. There were clearly those people and a handful of people that were like more Star Wars, but not viral songs. Like just because you had one viral hit, you don't get another viral hit. And then when I went back to Star Wars, it's funny. You're like, that's next Star Wars song is 600,000. It still didn't, though, the day it came out or the month later. That was still a slow burn. And we're a year out from the original viral song now. Rogue One is coming out 2016, December. And up to that point, I was like, all right, from like September to before the movie comes out, I just need to like put out Star Wars songs and just see if these will take and hold. And it was not every single home run, you know, not every single song was a home run. The first one, a couple of views, I did a remix. Next one, I tried like a totally different thing. I did like an acoustic song. I did a parody. I did an instrumental cover of the theme song in Star Wars. I tried a bunch of different things to see what would work. Obviously, Star Wars was like the, the like facade for everything, but it was still kind of just me doing my musical thing. I was still just like that kid in that photo, like trying to make something dope that I liked. But I knew that if it was Star Wars, that that would be the X factor that at least got people to click on it. And a means to an end. Yeah. Unfortunately, like I, I always, I don't want to use the term make fun of, but like nobody wants to hear like the song about your ex-girlfriend and your breakup. Like we, obviously we can all relate to it, but it's just like so told and you could still write a new breakup song. Cole Swindell break up in the end. Amazing country song about time travel. Check it out. What? Okay. It's about a relationship. It's like if I could go <laughs> back in time, in the end. I would still go back in time and date you even though we break up in the end. It's amazing. That's cool. Uh, he's a great songwriter in general. Cole Swindell. I found it. I'm saving but it. It's a good one. <laughs> I'll text it to you, Chris, so you don't Thanks, forget. Thanks, Andrew. Yeah, I got to check that out. No, Roy, Um, so it, to me, it kind of seems like you have achieved what I think every creator wants to achieve, which is not only happiness, but a way to fuse all of their loves, all of their worlds into like one sort of cohesive creative project. And the last piece of that puzzle, at least for me, that I wanted to cover here today while we have you is the punk rock side of things. You know, punk <laughs> rock isn't the most marketable genre. And I think it unfortunately had its day in the sun. I mean, let's be honest, Blink-182 are pretty much an EDM group now with electric guitars. Uh, that, that's a little extreme, but they do have a few songs that sort of venture into that realm. Yeah. And needless and I mean, to say, I'm not a fan at, of them if you look by at, that framing. But. Yeah, and if you look at like the spot, the Spotify, like today's pop punk playlist, it's like Mod Sun and like stuff like that. I'm like, what, what happened? And, and so <laughs> I don't want to put the pressure on you to say you're bringing punk rock back, but... <laughs> it's kind of a harder genre to get as many people as you have on board with. But then I also don't know if, if knowing you as a person, that there could have been any other way to have had this success without you, because you're so genuine and you just love punk rock. So like, t take us through your history with punk rock and, and sort of how it 
found its way into the galaxy far, far away, you know? Uh, my, my punk Star Wars songs are probably my more favorite Star Wars songs. They're really easy to write. They get me pumped up in the studio. They're easy to record and arrange because it's like there's nothing to it. You know, guitar, bass, drums, you know, it's just it's easy. And you put a catchy melody on top, which is the, the foundation of every great song really is like the melody and the chords. And you kind of dress it up with the arrangement. Punk arrangements are like nothing, though. You can they're a dime a dozen. But I love it. And unfortunately, those songs don't perform well on my channel. I don't think kids like punk rock in like the pure it's a band playing. It's like you said, if once you throw in the like 808 drums and the hi hats and, you know, the bass drops or whatever else, like the bells and whistles, then people become more interested in it in this kind of like modern era, which, by the way, I love uh, like Young Blood and Five Seconds of Summer, Machine Gun Kelly. There's a lot of that stuff that I still connect with, although I do kind of wish it was just like rock and roll. But that's kind of just being old and, and wishing everything was still 2003 and my friends over you. But, you know, things evolve. So that's just the way life is. I had two older brothers, still have two older brothers, Russ and Rob. I'm Roy. There you go. They played in a band. You're going to love this called the Fallout Boys. Awesome. Before there was Fallout Boy. No way. Big Simpsons fans, but they spelled it Fallout as one word because, like, it's Fallout Boy from The Simpsons. And My girlfriend in high school's mom would call them that. Funny. There you go. <laughs> Fallout Boy. Yeah. Uh, well, that makes more sense, right? It does but make a little bit more sense. Here's where it makes even more sense. The Fallout Boys was a ska band. All right? So my brother Russ played guitar and sang. Quite the Fallout. My brother Rob played saxophone, and I played trombone. In, in middle school and high school. And they were like my original inspiration, like your older siblings. You're like, I want to be like them. They're doing all the cool stuff, you know? And I owe a lot to them. If, if I can say anything, like my music teachers and my brothers and my parents being supportive of like, we were a musical family, basically. And man, they would play shows and I would go and they, like the local DIY scene, you know? And I wanted to do that. And... This is late 90s, early 2000s, so Less Than Jake, Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, Real Big Fish, Goldfinger, Hell yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. Newfound Glory, you know, and then further on, like Yellow Card, Fallout Boy, of course, like all of that, I guess those are kind of two different eras there, but that was sort of like my, my initial foray into music that wasn't like high school band or piano lessons. It was that skate punk, ska punk, pop punk thing. And I love all genres. Like, of course, like you can put on an Eminem song or a Logic song, and I can get into that as well. I love James Taylor, The Police. Like, I celebrate all sorts of styles and genres. But yeah, man, give me, give me like a... <laughs> this is the anthem, throw all your hands up. Like that... Come on, man. Like, put it on. We're going to have a party. It's going to be a good time. Pop that punk, song gets great people vibes. Hyped. For sure. Yeah, I think you would Dude, love and that's, my, um, I think you would love my New Year Say Me playlist, Roy. We seem to have <laughs> a lot of the same sort of interests. You, 
you would really. I guess it's you, me and Andrew. You really actually, would love that playlist. playlist. <laughs> it's more. It's more yours. I've it's taken it yours. over. Unfortunately, I didn't mean Andrew. I really didn't mean to do that. But anyway, so I digress. Roy, sorry. <laughs> keep going, man. <laughs> I mean, so this is. I love this point here. Like we're all smiling, talking about it. Like I just love music, and whatever you kind of grew up listening to has that like sweet spot in your heart. Will always be there. It's kind of hard to get into new, to newer music. That's why I try to like I try to enjoy Machine Gun Kelly because like I don't have any kids, but if I had a kid, like they would be into that, you know. And I definitely don't want to be the person that's like that's not real music or that's not real Star Wars. You've got to learn to appreciate that stuff. Otherwise, like you know, you're just gonna keep perpetuating this thing of like kids don't like adults and they want to rebel. And it's like we can all enjoy this, man. Like I I just want to enjoy life. Music is the best part of life. Like, put on the anthem. We're going to have a good time. Pop punk and ska are kind of especially good for that, like, yeah. positive vibe. For sure. But we can put on story of the year and, you know, I'll get my there emo phase on or Hearth- Hawthorne Heights, like, yeah. Emery, Listen. whatever it is. Like, I can still, I go into the not as so happy side of music, but there, there's something there that just, like, feeds your soul no i and right. i totally agree at the end of the day, that's, if you that's don't all I care about if you don't immediately get hyped upon hearing those first like four piano notes in uh welcome to the black parade then i don't want to hang out with you so <laughs> that's true there you and, go. and you know roy it's so, it's so true about the whole sentiment of like keeping up with it my uh my little cousin sent me one of the greatest texts i've ever gotten he said hey have you ever heard of weezer and this is about like a month ago and since then <laughs> we've gone down the rabbit hole of me getting to, getting him to go back and play the tony hawk pro skater games and now he loves like less than mm-hmm. jake and goldfinger and i told him that i'm going to take him to a ska show as his first show when COVID clears up but he also said to me he's like I also really like Machine Gun Kelly and I was like okay I'm not too into it here's why I don't like it but I think it's great that you like it and don't let someone's taste dictate your taste you know don't yuck don't let anyone yuck your yums sure well music is music is a big history lesson and like yeah in in school like you don't learn about music unless you're like in band or whatever, like you take one music class and that's like it. You're not like forced to learn music. You're not forced to learn music history when there's just as much like reason to understand all of those things as much as there is to understand United States history or, you know, any other art or science and machine gun Kelly, maybe not your favorite, but you can trace the line back to blink to green day to, you know, on and on and on all the way back to, you know, Bach or Haydn or whoever. And everything that you enjoy today that you're hearing on the radio is derivative of something else. Everything you enjoy in cinema, not nearly as nuanced as music, maybe like is something derivative star Wars, like any other, you know, you get the idea. So you can go back in time and appreciate where things came from. And I would hope that, Every person does that at some point, especially when you're a kid and you're into something like why is Machine Gun Kelly working with John Feldman and like doing a collab with Avril Lavigne or whatever? You know, because that dude was in Goldfinger and he'll tell you to get into social distortion and social distortion. You know, you go back and back and music is great. Doesn't matter what era. There's awesome stuff everywhere. For sure. Yes. I've realized that. I feel like I wasn't I like. 
I like my dad had records and he would like put on the Beatles and stuff when I was a kid, but we never like sat down and he was like, here, I'm going to tell you about Deep Purple or something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. But like, so as an older, uh, older kid, I guess, <laughs> like going back and listening to, you know, like the classic rock and, uh, you know, ro- even from like rock band and guitar hero, like learning about older genres of music and stuff like it's so crazy just hear it's like john lennon said it's like you can't come up with something that someone hasn't already done and you hear and i'm and i'm not even just talking about like songs that are ripoffs or whatever just like like blinding lights is a perfect example like blinding lights is like the 2020 version of take on me by aha <laughs> like funny way to right. put it. they're in, they're both like they're both like the same type of song but they're different and they're both really good and it's just like it that's just going to keep happening throughout history and like every all the song all of those songs are all good you can't like you know discount any of them from the other ones just because one came first or something but it's just crazy how like music changes but at the same time it doesn't change at all there's only 12 <laughs> notes dude exactly Tr- very there's only 12 notes very true wow that's a that's a great statement there roy um so so with that being said we we got a few more questions for you if you don't mind um i have one and then i believe andrew has one too uh, I just kind of want to know what you would say to someone who, you know, thinks that, hey, we're, I'm really nervous to publish that first video or, you know, get my first recording software because, I mean, you're the perfect example of putting the work that you want to do for yourself and, and, and the results will speak for themselves. So what would you have to say to someone who's on the fence? Yo, I'm nervous right now. Like, this is not the most normal thing to do to record yourself telling your story with people on camera because there's a pandemic and you can't get in face to face with like everything I do. I'm nervous about who isn't like, unless you're a robot, you're always going to be self-conscious about something. You're going to check your hair in the mirror. You're going to wonder if this shirt makes you look fat, whatever it is. Like everything's going to make you self-conscious or nervous to some degree, especially when it comes to posting your art. Cause that is the most personal thing. You know, everyone's going to see your hair, but not everyone's going to see your soul sort of thing. You can hide that if you want until you post it in your art. And if you're nervous about it, like, I don't know how you break the ice, but you have to start. And everybody says this. It's the cliche, like Gary V thing, whatever, like just do it. Just figure out whatever it is you love. And if you truly love it, you're going to work at it. You get good at it. Eventually you'll have something that you're like, this is cool. I want to post it. And maybe you're concerned that people won't like it. But I write pop punk songs about Star Wars and lots of people like it. Maybe some people think it's super lame, but as soon as you put it online, you you branch it out to literally every possible person in the entire world. So there's no like you have the maximum amount of impact. You don't have to worry about going to the mall and no one's at the mall that day. You can't get them to listen to your album. So. If you just get the the guts to hit post, then all of a sudden you don't know what's going to happen next. Everything will eventually snowball. And if you can stay consistent, like it will definitely snowball. And if you love it, then there's no stopping you either way. Just don't be nervous about it because people are going to forget about it. One, if they don't like it and they'll just move on. But then the people that do like it are going to follow you. And tell you, this is awesome. And then you're going to say, yeah, I want to make more. And occasionally you'll get comments that say you suck. But that person is commenting on your thing. It's actually kind of boosting you in the algorithm, as stupid as that is. 
their negative comment right. is probably going to help you. And <laughs> it's, it's so true. Interaction. It's proof that somebody's probably a little bit jealous of you. When someone says you guys should give up podcasting, do they have a podcast? Don't ever listen to someone tell you what you should be doing if they haven't already done it. You know, we don't like to listen to our elders and have people tell us what to do, but your mom and dad probably know better than you. They've been around a lot longer. You know, it's tough to see things on the same level, but it's true. So unless Joe Rogan comes to you and tells you your podcast is shit and you should stop. Right. I, I wouldn't. Why would you listen to anybody else's opinion other than maybe, you know, you must have a circle of friends that you trust? I should say, thank you for asking this question. I didn't want to initially post Hello from the Dark Side on my own channel. I said this should be my band song, Boyish Good Looks. If you wonder where Great Royish Good band, Looks came from. I didn't even come up with Royish Good Looks. It's just a play on words from the band that I was in. So I said this should be our band song. And we kind of molded over and we're like, no, we're not really like a parody band. We would do covers and silly things, but that didn't really fit in our repertoire. So I said, okay, I'll put it out on my channel. But I sort of had to get like in approval before I even did it. I didn't initially say like, this is fire. I'm putting this out on my channel. And had I said, oh no, the band doesn't want to put it out. Maybe it's not good. We would not be here today. And that's the, the most sad thought ever. You asked about like, are you giving up being a rock star? The thing that is the most depressing is you just not sharing your art. Cause you have no idea that someone is going to connect with it or not connect with it. You have no idea what's going to happen. So if you hit post, might just change your life. So true, man. Right. It's like if you're if you're waiting for that perfect moment, you're probably never going to get to that perfect moment. You just got to do it. Right. And even sure. if Joe Rogan came through and told me to quit my podcast, I wouldn't listen to him until he had Jamie look it up and make sure that it was... <laughs> yeah, Jamie, check check that. Make sure that it was uh, 100% good to go. But no, Roy, that's uh that's yeah, amazing, man. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Now, um, and I did say I had one now, more question, but uh, what's up with the Pez collection, man? It's it's very respectable. <laughs> it's like you knew pop figures were going to be a thing, but you said, hey, screw that. I got another love, and I'm going to capitalize on this and be the first guy to have well, right. a mind-blowing Pez we collection. See, and I can see one back there. Is that these are, The funny thing is, is these aren't even mine. We got uh, Cookie Monster and uh, Big Bird. Okay. And these are actually my girlfriends. These are like oversized. You can't see here, but they're like, they're huge. Right. And well, it, I mean, the Cookie Monster one next to that lightsaber, unless that lightsaber is like mini size, then it's a full size lightsaber. <laughs> Damn, that's a big cookie <laughs> monster. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I have, you know, tchotchkes in the studio to keep me inspired. And I'm not an interior decorator, but like you look at that photo from earlier, there's like toys and stuff in the background. And that's how I've decorated my studios for years. And in front of me, I've got. Iron Man, Kylo, the First Order Stormtrooper, Boba Fett, Darth Sidious, Luke. Like, I got all of the Star Wars Pez. I even got some Simpsons Pez. Actually, that is. That's back there. I don't know if you can see it. No, you can't. Pez, there's no real reason behind it. Uh, but Less Than Jake is like, they had an album called Pez Core. And their members are big into Pez and the Simpsons. And just kind of all fit. It's a 90s thing. I guess. I don't know if Pez is still, I guess it's still big. I got some newer Pez, but it's just fun. It's, the, it's literally the original pop figure. I was good. 
I was just going to ask you, do you, do you actually like the candy though? Or is it all about the dispenser? No, it's, it's like, you're right. It's a collectible. I never thought about it like that. Although I take most of them out of the package. So I don't know if that's sacrilege, but. Well, if you plan on keeping them forever, then I don't think it matters if it's in the box or not, because you're the one who's keeping it. But if you're just like, oh, I'm a collectible and sometimes I got to sell one to buy another one, then yeah, you know, keep it pristine. No, I'm a, I'm a, I take, I take all of my Funko Pops out of the box because I'm like, (laughs) I'm keeping this, I'm putting this out. This is mine. There you go. I mean, they they should be enjoyed. I mean, it's nice to keep in the box because they stack well, but like. No, I like yeah. that they're like out and about. They're like my, you know, they're part of the ambiance yeah. of the room. They're in they're here They're hanging out. Yes. Damn, I might have to take, I have a little, Lost is one of my favorite shows. I have a little uh, Dharma initiative van. Hell yeah, Roy. That's good to know. I, yeah, I have a little Dharma initiative van, but it's in the package right now. Um, <laughs> nice. Sounds like Roy's going to have to come back on talking. Yeah, TV. I guess. Yeah, we'll have to get him and John James Ryan on for a little Lost 10 year anniversary. But Roy, man. This was awesome. We really appreciate it. Andrew does have one final question for you that we ask each and every guest. And, uh, you know, warning, it is meant to put you on the spot. So sorry we didn't tell you in advance, but that's kind of the thing. Don't don't be pressured. Don't be stressed. You got it. Get ready. All right. So just like there's no perfect moment, this is your time for the question. You're just going to have to deal with it. Um, What we ask everyone when they come on the show is if you had to describe yourself as a creative uh, you know, musician, producer, artist, whatever kind of person that makes things you want to call it. If you had to describe yourself with one word, and you can elaborate afterwards on that word, what one word would that be? Yeah. Yeah, it's a tough question. It's and you can't say handsome. <laughs> Although <laughs> oh, it does man, That would have been perfect. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I would probably go with creator, but creator sounds a little bit like, you know... Lord and Savior type thing, not creator right, right. in God the sense complex. that you made the universe, <laughs> but in that I just I just like making stuff, man. Like, and it's not always music. Like, I've built all the acoustic panels in my studio, and I, I love the idea of crafting stuff and making stuff. And you're like, I had nothing, or I had very little. I put it together, Legos, or you know, like it's just nice to create. There's something innately human about that. And like fire, man, rubbing two sticks together. And you're like, this is now burning and I'm making a marshmallow and we're singing songs like that's just creation in general. So I would go with creator and especially in this like digital world, like making a post, I'm making a video, I'm making a song. You're making something. So I would go with creator. Yeah. All right. Awesome. That was that was probably like the most. Just like compact and succinct answer, I think we've so ever true. Had. Roy, where can uh... I feel like everyone is always like, "Oh man, there's so many words. I don't know. Uh, I guess I'll pick this one, and I guess it's because of this, and probably because of this and that." You're just like, "It's this, and that's why, <laughs> and that's all there is about that." Well, ask me again tomorrow. I'll I'll give you a more long-winded <laughs> and less succinct answer. Oh man, dude, this was awesome. Yeah, Roy, go. where can the people find you? Yeah. Keep up the date with with so many of your different projects, and just sort of yeah. Yeah, there's definitely, you were telling us about lots of new stuff coming, so where can they keep up to date? For sure. Well, firstly, this has definitely been a lot of fun. I could talk to you guys all day. I appreciate you letting me ramble on, but... Oh, we'll have you back. Sweet. I would love to. So if you want to check me out, uh, the best place to kind of consume everything we've been talking about, Royish Good Looks uh, on YouTube, just Google it, or YouTube it, I guess. Even if you just type in Star Wars song, I think like my stuff pops up, which makes me feel real cool that like I'm in there with John Williams on Star Wars song, Hey, which who wouldn't want to be next to him. And so I have I have a few interesting things coming up. Uh, 
I do another podcast called Krypton to Alderaan, where we talk kind of nerdy TV and movie stuff, much like you guys as well. Wow. Uh, and that's a bi-weekly podcast, Krypton to Alderaan. It's just people talking about what they love and what they hate on, on what was on WandaVision that past week. And I normally get pretty opinionated on it. So if you enjoyed me today, it's kind of, a, I feel like a different side of me on that show. But So you're saying that people might not like you on that one because you I, have opinions. I feel like I'm the Simon Cowell of that uh, podcast. Nice. So <laughs> I feel like that's what Chris is in talking TV if you have to pick one. It's definitely not dumb. <laughs> yeah, Wa- <laughs> you got to have all the characters to make it an interesting show, in my opinion. Yeah, WandaVision sucked. I'll just say it. But anyways, Roy, you were saying? I'm with you. <laughs> You're with me? I haven't, I haven't even seen the finale yet, so so please don't spoil. No, I but I haven't, I haven't have seen any of it yet. It. Yeah, so for sure. I've only the only thing I've heard about WandaVision is what the hosts of Fake Doctors, Real Friends have talked about, and they love it. And I'm just like, well, everyone loves The Mandalorian, and I haven't loved it yet. True. So right, who knows? I would love to find. But I've only seen the first like season, so. <laughs> okay. Well, you got homework to do. So yeah, what what were those at signs <laughs> you were getting at? You were saying at something, right? Oh yeah, sorry, sorry. Uh, okay. Well, so Royish Good Looks, you can follow me everywhere at Royish Good Looks Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Also have a Facebook group. I'm trying to like connect more with people that are into that Star Wars music thing. Um, and I'm even on TikTok. Don't really know how to use it, but I posted a few. Maybe I'll make some more. Uh, and I'm excited to kind of do a little soft announce here and promo it because it's going to be out soon. I don't have a hard release date yet, but I'm going to start a show that is the Royish Good Looks podcast and kind of dive deep into what we've been talking about today and recount being a creator, doing stuff on YouTube, you know, trying to turn your artistic stuff into a career and it's time for me to start like sharing more of that side of my story. Like I said, I get super nervous on camera, on recording. It's kind of why I'm a studio guy. I like to do take two, do it a little bit better and clean it up. Uh, but I've decided I just have to, I just got to do it. You know, just like I was saying earlier, I'm just going to rip the bandaid off. I have a few episodes recorded, so that's going to be out in maybe the next month or so, depending on when you're watching this. Uh, so look for that. Krypton to Alderaan podcast, the Royish Good Looks podcast, and Star Wars songs on YouTube. For sure. And we'll throw all those links in the show notes, the description. You guys know the deal. Just just go check it out and be entertained. That, that's really all I'm going to say. Uh, Roy, man, speaking of entertainment, this was an amazing episode. Uh, we really appreciate you taking time out of your day to come on and sort of be so candid and just impart so much knowledge on us, man. It was, it was great chatting again, dude. Hopefully one day we can hang out again in person. You know, that'd be really nice. But for now, this is the best we can get. And I think it was a, a knockout episode, regardless of if we're in the same room or not. So thanks, dude. Awesome. Agreed. No, it's Agreed. my my pleasure, guys. I'm so happy to be here. Like I said, I'd keep talking if you wanted me to, but we can save it for another day. And I, <laughs> yeah. I miss you too, man. I, I can't wait till we can all get back together, play a show maybe, record some tunes, whatever it may be. Hell yeah. Uh, it'll be sooner than, than we think. For so. sure, dude. Have a good Looking day. Have a good day, Roy. Sure. Thanks again for coming on. All right, dudes. Mm-hmm. Take it Peace easy. Out, man. See ya. There you have it, Andrew. Wow. That was awesome. Dude, every episode. I don't know if we've had a bad episode. I'm sure that some people may disagree with me, but I would venture to say that every episode just continues to just not even be better because that would imply that the ones before are not as good. It's just like, I don't know. It's just the next one makes all of them better. 
if that yeah, makes I sense. totally agree. Um, I think you know, just turning sort of twenty-seven and uh, like sort of harken, harkening back to what Roy was talking about. Like, h- how do you explain what you do to your family members that you see once a year? It, it's getting increasingly more difficult right. as each year goes by, and so it's just great <laughs> to speak to people who kind of understand that the ultimate investment you can make is is in yourself, and you got to just push that out. Like sometimes, even though you know that, you just need to hear it, mm-hmm. and, and it's even better when you, it's from someone you know yeah. and trust. So, yeah, I'm just feeling pretty good about this episode, man. And and personally, too, just to be honest with you guys, like, I needed this one. And I hope you guys did, too. So, Me, too, me too, man. I was not lying when I said that literally last night at my quote-unquote real job, some guy was like, yeah, but everyone's trying to do what you're doing. You should just, you know, find something boring that makes money because... Yeah, we were literally money. talking about it pre-show like, this morning. Right. So, funny how funny yeah. how it works out, right? But... We, funny how it guys, works out. Guys... We, uh, we've been sort of working out the kinks in the podcast schedule, and needless to say, I think that we got this chain ironed out, man, because we've been on a roll. We, we have not... It, it's it's almost so. five months now, continuously, grinding away, one episode a week, interviews, just sort of random tangents. You know, you said that we might not have ever had a bad episode. We've certainly had some crazy episodes where they might not have been so... So much yeah. bad as, as so much more for us and, and a little, you know, abstract in regards to, yeah. you know, letting them really know how silly and goofy we are. But regardless, we've been letting right. you guys into our lives once a week, every week for, you know, the. Listen, we're talking yeah, every and we're going to continue to do that. We have a bunch of great episodes coming up, more interviews. Andrew and I are going to get back to some sort of uh, duo content. I was going to say solo content, but that really doesn't make sense because there's two of us, right? But we, we have a bunch of stuff planned. We're going to ch- talk about some music, some some artists that we, we love that recently parted ways, that recently put out some new albums. We're going to start talking mm-hmm. more so about our new music that's coming. Uh, you know, full disclosure, Andrew and I are going to link up safely for the first time in, in, in the next coming weeks on a, on a good old Tuesday, which just so you guys know, we record these on Tuesday. So how's that for pulling back the curtain? Joe Rogan doesn't give you that. But uh, yeah, what? so <laughs> Chris, you have to cut. You have to slow down, know, it's, dude. It's too, too much, much right? It's too much for them to process. But so we're, we're working on a bunch of stuff is my point, And we're very thankful. We just hit a thousand views on our YouTube channel. We just passed 5,000 views on, on Spotify and all the streaming services. We just cracked our first 25 subscribers. I mean, you guys have continued to humble us beyond belief. And, and you know, this this started off as like a way for us to get you to get to know you more through our music. And, and we don't really have a musical project right now. So mm-hmm. the fact that you're here, I, I just wanted to take some time to say thank you and to sort of let them know what they could expect on the horizon, you know? Right. And uh, yeah, literally everything Chris said, because thank you guys. Like... Like he said, we just started doing this because it was like, hey, I mean, it's just like not a no brainer, but like, why wouldn't we do this? You know, like we have the band and we've got this and then they can just help each other. And now we've just kept this going. And that past band has sadly, you know, stopped doing whatever it was doing. And now we're just going to keep pushing forward with this show and whatever comes up next. You guys are going to be right. Yeah. There with so, us. Andrew, where can they find us, follow us and keep up to date with all that? If you're looking for our episodes, all of the episodes that we've ever done are on all of the digital streaming platforms, you know, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Radio Public, Stitcher, Breaker, uh, Leaker, Geeker, Seeker, Spreaker, Geeker, (laughs) uh, all of them, you know, Zeeker, pretty fun stuff. We're out there. Follow us. Talking with Andrew and Chris. Um, You know, if you can, leave a rating, preferably five Mm -hmm. stars. Subscribe. Um, Give this video a thumbs up. Subscribe. Leave a comment. Right. 
check out our YouTube, which doesn't have all of our episodes, but has a lot of episodes, and they're going to be all of our episodes so going true. forward. Uh, subscribe, share that, like, comment on our videos, let us know what made you laugh, let us know if you disagreed with something that I said, because I say a yeah, lot of Yeah, let us know what stuff. made you cry, what made you smile, what made you take a step back and be yeah, like, oh, talk to us, talk true. to us. And then if you if you want more of us in between the episodes, we're on all of the social medias, you know, at Talkin' Podcast, T-A-L-K-I-N, no G, podcast. Uh, and while you're doing all that, why don't you check out Chris's other podcast, Talkin' TV, that he does with Dom, because he's, that show is everywhere I just mentioned with the same thing, just Talkin' TV. Dude, I told you to stop doing that, man. Dom really doesn't reciprocate, and I've spoken <laughs> to him so many times about it, but I, I, you're just too nice of a guy, I guess. I, I do appreciate it. <laughs> Yeah, you guys can find that as well at Talkin' spelled the same exact way as you see right above my head and Andrew's head, TV Podcast. Again, that's Talkin' TV Podcast. And, and for our show one last time, that's Talkin' Podcast. Um, fun fact, both of my shows are on the same network that I also own. Who would have thought, right? Isn't that something? What? Uh, yeah, crazy. so it's we, we try to make it simple. We try to make it easy. And uh, you guys have made it really easy for us and, and really simple to find the motivation to keep going. So, uh you can follow us on our personals. They're right here below. We don't need to get into all that right now because kind of just want to end this on the sentiment of thank you, and we will see you in the next episode. Andrew, do you have a final message for the people here today? Um, do or do not. There is no try. And stay sweet. Stay sweet. <laughs> all right, guys. There you have it. Yet another episode of Talking with Andrew and Chris. And we just want to take a moment here to thank you guys so much for all the support you've shown this show. I mean, I'm sure you guys know, but this show is 100% creator-owned and creator-run, and quite literally, we couldn't do it without you. I mean, the fact that you guys keep coming back week in and week out is not only humbling, but it's inspiring, and, and it's a reason why we will continue to deliver upon our promise to bring you content every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And so, all we ask for you guys to do in support of this show, for free, mind you, is please head over to youtube.com slash talking with Andrew and Chris. Please click that subscribe button. For whatever video you choose to listen to, click that thumbs up. It would really help out us grow the channel. And, most importantly, turn on that bell to get notified every time we post content. Again, that's every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on YouTube at 2 p.m. And of course, on audio. You guys can find us on Spotify, Overcast, Stitcher, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast. That is Talking with Andrew and Chris. And all we ask you to do on those platforms is please click the follow button, the subscribe button, leave a review, preferably five stars, Whatever the platform allows you to do, if you could throw us a little support, that would really mean the world and help us keep growing this show. Once again, guys, we appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for the support. Stay sweet, and we'll see you in the next episode.